Trish and Nicole and their expert guests are here to answer all your burning questions about aesthetics procedures, candid discussions and stories of the latest trends and greatest gadgets. From dry vagina to frozen faces, Aesthetics Uncensored, where nothing is off limits. Welcome to the next episode of Aesthetics Uncensored. And today, myself and Nicole, say hi, Nicole. Hi. <laughs> we'll be joining you with um, Dennis from InMode. Now, InMode, um, they've been around for a little while, but they've just recently started their head office, um, sorry, have an office in Australia. So they've been going gangbusters. And we've also recently had a chat with Dennis. But today, we're going to have a bit more of a chat on what's going on in the industry today. So welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Well, uh, lovely to be here. Thank you for joining us today during these uh, lockdown times because we're all on lockdown. Oh, sorry, those two are, but I'm not, lucky me. <laughs> but um, I'll, get, I'll let you get started, Nicole. We are very jealous. Well, I'm jealous, Trish, having a thousand children at home. I would love to get into the in-mode head office for a treatment. <laughs> um, yes, we'd all like to get back into the office. Yes, yes. Dennis, do you ever have a treatment in the office? Uh, not too often, but every now and again, when they're wanting to test out a new piece of equipment, I get dragged in. Oh, you're the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> what have you had? Um, mainly the hands-free technologies. So the uh, facial tightening, the evoke for the submental and lower jawline. And then the Evolve, the three-in-one um fat reduction, skin tightening, and muscle toning. Oh, Dennis, we'd love a photo of you with the Evoke on. <laughs> I think I actually have one. Oh, that's fantastic. Please share it with us. <laughs> it's like that thing where, you know, I liked the razors. So, you know, with um, the razor company, I like the razors so much I bought the company. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's important to, to try your own technologies out. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I think you're very lucky, very fortunate position. Dennis, I was going to ask you, as a man who has been in this industry and in business for many years now, um, are clinics turning to you for advice during these challenging times? And if they are, what advice are you giving them? Yeah, we, we engage with our, our clients regularly, particularly in these uh, difficult times because a number of them, well, particularly in New South Wales and Victoria, have been in lockdown. Um, so Victoria is just coming out of it. But there's definitely concern uh, amongst business owners in terms of trends, what, what they can do to keep the business flowing, ideas that we have. So, yeah, we're, we're constantly in discussion with uh, a lot of the doctors and their, their practices, as well as the non-medical practices. That's fantastic. I think it um, it is very stressful and it's good to have somebody who is rational as an outsider outside the, the business that can, um, you know, give really level-headed advice to people, um, especially those that are, are struggling. And I reckon, like, this is kind of the perfect opportunity where, where people in clinics can kind of upskill, you know, like, because I know that it must be really difficult, you know, Dennis, for the people, you know, for your, your business development managers and to, you know, 
that are on the road pretty much all the time, you know, teaching and showing people and the training and all that must be so difficult for them to sort of sit, you know, at home behind a computer, you know, like trying to, you know, do their work behind a computer. But um, you're actually doing things within within your team as well. So everyone kind of like you, you're virtually kind of in the office, but not in the office. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Look, we I think business as well learned from last year when we went through the the hard uh, slog of the initial lockdown in 2020. Uh, uh, that was new for everybody. Uh, nobody expected that the whole country was going to be in lockdown. Business was going to come to a standstill. They hadn't experienced it before, so there was a lot of um, uncertainty, uh, a lot of concern. Was this industry going to die? Was the businesses going to close? Cash flow, all those kind of things, and um, engagement was was very important. So we learned from last year, and so we look at the lockdown now. So when I'm I'm talking to clients and clinics, and we we're discussing where where this is heading, we're fortunate in that you know, hindsight is a is a perfect science. So we look at what happened last year. And we see what happened when clinics went into lockdown and what happened when we came out of lockdown. So I always, and I don't say this flippantly, but I always say to them, the first thing is don't panic. Look at what happened last year. Last year we went into lockdown, but when we came out of the lockdown, we saw this surging consumer demand. Our clinics were telling us they were booked up for three, four months in advance uh, once we came out of that. And we weren't sure if that's what we, was going to happen, but you know, human nature is we want to look good. We want to feel good. So when people are locked, locked down for an extended period of time, they, they start itching for that uh, you know, breaking free and being able to get back to some form of normality. Uh, and so we saw the surge in, in uh, consumer demand. So we believe that's what's going to happen as we come out of this, and again, we look at places like the UK now, we look at places like the US, and we look at the trends as to what's happening there, and that's exactly what's happening. You know, you look at our offices in the US, demand for uh, devices is at record highs. Inmode had, um, we just had a, a profit upgrade uh, to the market uh, two weeks ago, which saw our share price go from basically $92 to $110, uh, purely based on the surge of demand for, for technologies. And that's from clinics looking to invest in new technologies, but they're looking to invest because they're seeing that demand flow through from their customers and their customers wanting newer treatments or getting back to their normal routine. So, researchers, when you look at research documents, they believe that once the pandemic is no longer a threat, this inherent demand for aesthetic procedures uh, is going to help boost the industry's growth back, back to where it was or as close to pre-COVID rates. So we're seeing consumers eager to resume their personal care regimes, uh, wanting to get back to undergoing their recommended procedures. And we believe that's what we're going to see here. We saw it last year. And so we, we believe that's what we're going to see here. So that's the first thing I, I, I discussed with business owners is you know, just take it easy. Don't panic. Things um, 
are looking as if they'll go back to what they were prior to, to lockdown. Now, it's easy to say don't panic if they're financially stable. So that we always keep that in mind. Uh, finance is, is obviously a critical aspect of any business. So when I'm looking at discussing with, with clients um, as to what they can do or what they're planning on doing, and we're just brainstorming, main one of the critical factors, analyze cash flow. You know, cash is king. You can be profitable, and that's great. But if you have no cash, well, you've got a problem in your business. So analyzing and managing cash flow is critical. And together with that, it's, it's managing costs. So it's income and outgoings. That, that's really what you're looking at. So how do you maintain cash flow? And how do you minimize your, your cost to the level that you're, you're still operating as a, as a business? Uh, key is also to keep, and we touched on that a little bit earlier, is to keep focused on the staff. You know, the, the staff are the front line to the business, and they are the key to business success. It's, it's often said, um, you know, if you look after your staff, they'll look after your clients, and the clients are the ones that will look after the business. So in our business, we are very focused on, on staff, uh, staff retention, and staff need to feel that in these difficult times, because they're feeling as insecure as business owners are feeling. And is the business going to continue? Am I going to get paid? So they have all of those emotions going on. So it's imperative on the business owner to keep the staff engaged and up to date on what's happening and feel confident that they are secure in their position and through this lockdown period, what we do is, um, which a number of our clients are doing, is we continue to upskill or educate uh, our team. So there's numerous um, digital points of access, online webinars, seminars, um, different courses that people can do. So it's keeping them skilled and upskilled. Up so for instance, our sales team, we are constantly um, on, involved in ongoing training. So we will be looking at our current portfolio of technologies, making sure they are in, understand it. Uh, but predominantly we focus on how these technologies can significantly impact our clients, how we can help them grow their business, how we can help them maintain their existing customer base and how we can help them grow and attract new, new businesses. So it's always for us and for clients, I believe imperative to keep a strong focus on your staff, look after them, and then following on the staff customers. They are the bloodline of the business. So depending on what systems a clinical uh, practice will have, try and keep contact as much as you can with your customer base. And that, that can be done either via social media, so if on Instagram, Facebook, any of those uh, social media platforms where they're posting regularly, uh, getting their clients to like and follow them so that they can see what's going on. 
And it's a way of keeping them engaged so that they don't lose contact. But it's also uh, good to send uh, newsletters, EDMs, anything that is customer focused. Uh, and, and that's what we do. We, we engage with our customers constantly through social media, through surveys, through uh, educational webinars or seminars, inviting them to join us. Uh, we engage with a lot of key opinion leaders, both locally and internationally, who are specialists on certain treatment indications, uh, allowing them to interact with the speakers. So again, purely focused on upskilling and keeping them uh, engaged with us as a business. Yeah, uh, if we, we go back to your first point, which was, um, like um, like last time this happened, the fact that, you know, it, things came back stronger and more so. Um, if we can just talk on, on that, because and, and sure. I know Nicole will agree as well, but um, I reckon that is so true because it, me personally, myself, I came out of COVID last time knowing what I wanted to have done, um, you know, to myself, like, okay, these are my aesthetic goals. This is what I want to achieve and this is what I need to have done to achieve it. So I kind of, kind of, although I couldn't do anything during lockdown, by the time I came out of lockdown, I knew that in my mind that I wanted to have this, this, this and this done. So like you said, it's so important to maintain that conversation and, and you know, because the first thing we, we panic, with, oh, my God, what do we do? And it's about keeping, you know, actually my daughter said to me, it's about keeping the dream alive. Mum, you've got to keep the dream alive while this is happening especially when it first hit and we didn't know what to expect and all of the you know all the practitioners that I've spoken to in the meantime like like everybody or up until the last lockdown has been extremely busy like to the point where they you know it's almost virtually you know unmanageable with you know the you know the demand from the consumers coming in to want things and, and also um you know the device you know people selling devices you know it, it's been great because because obviously People want to make the clinics want to make sure they keep up to date with all of the latest technologies. Um, the consumers want the treatments, and you know it's kind of like it, it does turn out to be a win-win. But what you were mentioning about um, the you know cash flow is really important. I think that's where a lot of businesses, you're right, are probably um, going to struggle. But isn't it good that the, like just recently the government just released a grant for people that have had a decrease? Yeah. You know, which is really helpful. I mean, we're so lucky that we we are getting these kind of like, you know, they're throwing us a rope if that makes any sense. You know, don't drown. We'll throw you a rope so you can drag yourself up. So I think it's about, yeah, like you said, staying positive, staying in contact with your your clients, your audience. It's just you know you can't hide, although that's what a lot of us feel like doing because we're at home and want to hide. But I think it's important to be the complete opposite. Um, isn't that true, Nicole? We've been trying to sort of do that too. Hey. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. Um, Janice, I wanted to ask you if there was a hero product that would significantly boost a clinic coming out of lockdown, you know, being that it's not a too intensive treatment time and um, has a high ROI and also great results, what would that be? Difficult question. Um, yeah. If you're a clinic, she likes to do that, Dennis. She likes to do that. <laughs> the reason I say it's a difficult question is because it depends on. Uh, I'll answer it this way: depends on the clinic in terms of size, 
capacity and a demographic. So if you have a smaller clinic that is looking, that, that has limited space to treat customers, but is looking to increase the, um, what do we call it? The share of, of, of wallet, for instance, of, of a client. So they're wanting to increase the customer value to the business. They will be looking for something that can offer them multiple treatment indications in a, on a single platform. So it's a, a saving space, but it offers them the opportunity to offer a range of treatments. Then they'd be looking at a platform, something like the, the Optimus or the uh, InMode Pro, which allows you to do multiple treatment indications. The, the big driver that we're seeing is uh, facial contouring, skin tightening, uh, and that's, that's dominating to a large degree as we look at the sales of toxins and fillers. Uh, and people are able to treat the top two thirds of the, the face, but they really struggle with the lower part, third of the face down onto the neck decolletage. So for facial tightening, contouring, that is a big driver. And so clients who are already offering some form of filler or toxin, facial tightening and contouring is a big driver. So that can generate a significant amount of money um, and there's different ways of doing that. Our go-to technology would be the RF fractional microneedling product, uh, Morpheus 8, because it's not only facial um, skin tightening, contouring, but it, it can do larger areas on the body as well. It can get to depths that very few, if any other technologies can get to. So you're not doing just collagen or heating of collagen to cause contraction, but you're able to get down to the fibroceptal network, to the layer where the fat is, and that will give you 40 times, oh, 40, 40 percent more contraction than just collagen contraction. So the clinical outcomes for, for the clients is exceptionally good, minimal to no downtime um, and long lasting results. So you'd need you know, a couple of treatments, three to, three to four treatments, and you see fantastic results. For clinics that are larger, uh, offering a range of treatments, have multiple rooms and are looking to add new treatment indications into their clinic, then they'd be looking at standalone devices. So again, body contouring is a big driver. So things like uh, fat destruction, the ability to tighten the skin after you've destroyed the fat and then uh, a growing uh, of growing interest is muscle toning or, or strengthening tightening um, so people have often thought oh i'll get it i'll get this muscle toning device as a standalone it'll do great for my business the problem is if you, if you have a that looks it works very well if you have a very lean person coming in to to um, have a treatment so that you can see the definition of the abs but the majority of, of clients, you know, come in with a layer of comfort over their stomach. And so no matter how much toning you're doing, you're going to see nothing. So you need to have a system that will be able to reduce the circumference in a very effective manner, 
will tighten up the loose skin and then you can look at the definition of, of muscle strengthening and toning. So it's combination treatments. If you can do it on a single platform um, in a, an environment where you're looking for multiple revenue streams of a single device, um, then you, you do it on a single platform. If you have multiple rooms uh, and you can treat individual indications with a standalone system, then there are specific treatment indications, but it, it's facial uh, tightening and contouring and body contouring tend to be the big drivers. If that answers your question. Yes, absolutely does. And um, I can't believe how far the body contouring devices have come just in the last five years. Yeah, there's been a, yeah, there's been a big focus uh, globally on that because that, uh, you know, initially years ago, laser hair removal was the big thing. Everybody wanted laser hair removal uh, because it was new. And uh, lasers were relatively new to, to the industry. And then it became from laser hair removal, it became uh, vascular lesions, treatment of vascular conditions. Uh, but all of this was focused around the face and, um, and hair removal, obviously, uh, on the body. But people started to people started moving to more healthy lifestyles. So healthy eating. Uh, we've seen a big uh, upturn in uh, uptake in um, non-animal products, um, plant-based eating, healthy lifestyles. So people have become significantly more health conscious, and with that comes again conscious about how they look, not just their face, but overall and how they feel overall so a lot more exercise being done a lot more outdoor activity a lot more healthy eating and you can see that in in the supply of um, you know restaurants the fast food restaurants a swing towards healthy op options for for clients so this whole swing towards a healthier lifestyle is driving the wanting to look and feel good all over in inward and outward and Zoom has definitely, in the last year and a half, contributed a lot to that. You know, people are looking at themselves all day when they're on, on camera and they are identifying all these so-called imperfections. And so they can't wait to get out and have them treated. So that self-awareness has definitely, in the last two years, increased. Uh, and you're seeing that in the trends globally in terms of treatment that are being asked for. And that's what, to a large extent is driving this um, consumer eagerness for effective treatments, not just treatments, but effective treatments that will give them a natural looking outcome, but long-term with minimal downtime. Mm. Do you know, I, I've, I've been reading everywhere um, that um, the, the demand for facial procedures has just gone, you know, gangbusters and um, this comfort layer that you're talking about Dennis I tell you what I reckon we've got like a few of those because I think you've got the two different schools of people some of them just going off the wagon drinking too much eating too much and, and not caring and then you've got the ones that are doing the complete opposite you know exercising and you know all that as well so I, I think I kind of fall in the for the first category but we're not on lockdown here that's probably why but yeah it's so true that the demand has just increased for the body and the face stuff like they're, they're the ones that are going gangbusters people want to lose that um, layer and they know now that that it can be done with with these devices you know which is 
you know, fantastic. And the face, like, we don't have to look as bad as we might look. And if we can look better, why wouldn't we do it? Yeah, no, that, that, that's true. But, but when you look at the businesses, though, as a whole, you know, devices, which is our game, um, play, a, play a large part in, in revenue generation for, for clinics and, the, and our customers in particular who've invested in technology. So you know, when, when we talk to them, that, those are the questions that we're asking. You know, when you review your revenue, your income over the last six to 12 months, what is it that has driven the business? You know, what has generated the most revenue in the business? Is it coming from one specific treatment indication, from one specific device? Is it spread across a number of modalities? And if there is a tendency to lean towards one certain type of revenue stream, can you improve on increasing that revenue stream? You know, and then not only improve on, on that revenue stream through efficiencies or through throughput of, of clients in the business, but what's lagging behind? You know, what, what other treatment modalities or indications do you have in the in the clinic or in the practice that's not generating the, the revenue? Do you have a lack of demand? Is it lack of exposure? Um, is it in, ineffective uh, or non-effective clinical outcomes? What is it? So we asked them to, you know, to have a look at that. And then one of the things to counter, again, it's, it's not something that we do, but our philosophy is really to be a business partner for, for clinics. So even though they invest in our technology, I mean, what's made us really successful is we become almost a, a third employee or partner to to the clinic's business and in in talking to a number of clinics that have gone through this period successfully is having some form of retail component to the business so going inside in and out of lockdown can be very stressful if you know your revenue comes to a dead halt and then you've got to wait until you come out of lockdown and then you've got to ramp it up again so i always say to people make sure you know, when you're looking at your business overall, investigate how you can continue to generate revenue while you're physically not in the clinic. Now, and if you're in lockdown, now it's the perfect time. You, know, you can invest time and effort into learning how you can utilize the tools that are needed to incorporate some form of uh, retail component into the clinic. Um, you know, look at, when you look at successful clinics, you see how they've embraced let's say skincare, selling skincare to clients. And what ends up happening is not only selling to their own clients, but they start to sell basically to clients across the country, people who will never set foot in their clinic anyhow, mm. but they, they're able to generate an ongoing um, business model where they can generate revenue without being in there, mm. uh, in, in the clinic and focusing on programs, programs that, will encourage repeat sales you know, make it easier for people to buy uh, to buy via an online store just make sure that the online models work um, effectively and efficiently and then analyzing data you know, if you want to make for anybody thinking about how well, how am i going to come out of the business you need data you need to be able to make sound informative decisions on how the business is going to is, is going to go how is it going what's worked, what hasn't worked, analyze customer demand, you know, what treatments are being requested, what are the feedback that we've got from clients on those treatments. 
and then plan for the future. Now, how do I grow or retain exist our existing customer base? We know it takes you know, six to eight, it's more probably more than that, um, of an investment to acquire a new client than it is to maintain an existing client. Well, so, yeah, so, so, you know, they've got to be looking to, to think, well, how do I plan for the future? How do I retain existing customers who are going to be looking, when they come out of lockdown, they're going to be looking for effective treatment solutions um, because now if they're going to be spending their money, they want to spend it wisely. They want to see a clinical outcome. So they're going to be looking for clinics who can offer a range of treatments. And if the clinic only offers a very niche um, modality of treatment, those clients would likely go to a second clinic to go and get the other treatments. And if that clinic offers what they're getting from you, likelihood is that they may stay there. And so it's all about how do you retain existing customers while at the same time attracting new customers. Retention and attraction. Yep, totally agree. Talking about the future, I was watching um, the news the other day, I think maybe last week, and I saw a um, the first trials of a flying car. And I said to the kids, oh, my goodness, it's the Jetsons. And the kids were like, what are the Jetsons? <laughs> Gave away your age. Yes, yes. What would you see as the um, as the future? I mean, we've got devices that are pain free, that have instant results. Um, you know, like you said, ten years ago it was all about laser hair removal. Now we're doing pretty much anything and everything non surgically. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see as the future for um, aesthetic devices? Yeah, I think it's all about. We get full body contouring. I'd like we could just stand inside, and it just makes us skinny. <laughs> any secrets? Any in-house secrets? <laughs> <laughs> We'd love love to have those systems. Yeah, look, I think it's about um, finding. So, if you look at the trend that happened, Inmode started investing in in this you know, six seven years ago. Uh, it just so happened that when COVID hit, the big focus was on social distancing. You know, so so how do you keep yourself safe how do you keep your staff safe how, how do you keep your clients safe how do we operate and that's become the new norm is this uh, the ability to provide treatments in a COVID safe environment and I don't think that's going to go away I think we've just become now far more aware of um, the need to interact with with clients in a different way and that trend itself is driving hands-free technologies so the ability to um, deliver effective clinical outcomes, but with minimal operator intervention. The difference with that as well is the ability to very accurately and consistently control the energy being applied to the client so that you can almost promise consistent um, outcomes taking into account that people are different and react differently to um, input energy. So, uh, but it, it's the ability to, and I think this is where InMode has, has jumped on to um, the philosophy of being able to provide a range of effective multifunctional treatment indications on single devices and using artificial intelligence to control and manage the process so that there's less 
operator intervention. So for a clinic, um, you know, lower staff costs or re redeploying their staff to do other things while the clients are being uh, treated by a system that is artificially controlled with artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence is, is definitely a big driver. You're looking at these cars that are flying, you're looking at the opening of the Olympics where you had how many thousand drones uh, that was uh, in the air creating, all being driven by technological advances. And, and that's where we see the market going. It's going through the improvement of technology, the ability to deliver you're always looking for ways to deliver energy in a safer um, manner with as little downtime to the client as possible, but maintaining efficacy. So th that is, is a big trend towards building modalities and technology that can really make use of artificial intelligence. So we, we see that that going to be the, 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 the uh, driver. And for companies, particularly aesthetic companies, I think there's going, you're going to see a diversity out of maybe what was called cosmetic aesthetics into more, less discrete uh, aesthetics. So we're seeing a big trend into aesthetic gynecology. So it's a almost a subsection of gynecology where gynecology was previously focused on women's health and more serious type of women's health conditions. Now we're seeing a branch opening up just like we had with cosmetic surgeons. You know, GPs wanting to expand into cosmetic treatments to expand their offering to clients and increase revenue generation. So you're seeing aesthetic gynecology come, come into play where gynecologists, obstetricians, women's health professionals are now looking at treating the, the whole person. So not only the medical side, but also the aesthetic side. So it's a one-stop shop. We're seeing entry into um, ophthalmics, the ability to treat uh, cosmetic ophthalmic conditions rather than the medical conditions. So I do see that the broadening of cosmetic aesthetic devices outside of core medical into aesthetic medical procedures and the big drive on multifaceted AI driven devices. Mm. What's, what's ophthalmics or whatever you said, Dennis? What's, what's that? Which one? I know you mentioned ophthalmics. Oh, ophthalmic? Uh, oh, ophthalmic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so um, you know, optometry, ophthalmology. Ah. Uh, you know, specialists who, who, who work on eye conditions. So for instance, you, if you look at um, the treatment of dry eye, for instance. So dry eye has always been a condition. Um, yeah, so many people suffer from it and you go to the pharmacy and you get lubricating drops for the eye to treat it. But the underlying cause of dry eye can be almost a rosacea. So a vascular type underlying condition or blockage of the sebaceous gland the, the, with the fat, fat layer. So by treating those conditions, so if you can reduce the vascularity around the eye, you take pressure off, off the eye. If you can 
contract or shrink the pad uh, fat layer in the eyelid, it releases the sebaceous gland to, to allow fluid to flow. And that is not a difficult procedure to do. Um, it, it's not a significant medical procedure. It can be done by very safely and effectively applying the right amount of heat to the area for the right period of time to create that effect. And so there's a lot of development that InMode's done around that and have a very effective solution that's launching very soon uh, in that market space. So it's breaking into new areas of, of treatments that we haven't been involved in previously. So interesting, like it, God knows where it's gonna um, go. I've been in this industry for, for a short time coming from the public service many years, but it's been in, in the, oh, how long? Like nine, oh my God, nine years, eight, eight years, whatever. <laughs> it's changed so much. I can only imagine if the same things happen, same thing happens in the next eight years, it's just gonna be phenomenal. Yep. Mm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dennis. Oh, it's been so interesting. So interesting. I, I, we're really enjoying talking to you, Dennis. <laughs> well, it's only a pleasure. Thank you. I love uh, love being able to talk about the industry. I love the industry, as you know. I've been yeah, in it for well, so many years. Been, how long have you been in it? Uh, 21 years. Yeah. You probably know a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, 21 years. So uh, that's in the device industry. Before that, I was spent some time in the pharmaceutical industry, launched a couple of the pharmaceutical drugs that we see around so yeah but th this is just a fantastic industry and uh, when you look at the growth of the industry and it's the people I just love the people the the industry has so many wonderful people that uh, I've had the privilege of meeting and spending time with you know across specialties non-specialties in the non-medical space uh, you know colleagues of mine in industry you know, mm -hmm. dealing with people like yourselves I think that's what makes it. It's just yeah. a wonderful industry to be in, I, and it's I've, a growth industry. Yeah, I've definitely made some of my you know best friends in this industry, and and um, you know you have this perception of what the industry is like, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. Like it's just you know people look out for each other. You know that that's one thing. You know like that's one thing I found. People look out for each other, and people want the best thing for the patient. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, and that is the big driver. Uh, yeah. You know, within, within every industry, you get those who you know, don't do the right thing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in, the, in the majority, I think we're all about delivering the best outcome for, for patients and for clients, for our working with our partners and watching. Their, there's no better feeling than watching a client's business grow and then phone you and say, man, it was the best decision we made. You know, this is where we were last year. This is how our staff are loving it. This is what our clients are saying. And then you think, yep, that, that was pretty good. So, yeah. uh, and then the staff we have at our company, also a fantastic bunch of uh, team, you know, a bunch of people who you know, couldn't ask for more. They all driven to succeed and very much a team, uh, team environment. So that uh, makes it worthwhile. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Look, I've got to say thank you so much for joining us today, Dennis. That's been so, so helpful. Thank you for the invite. Lovely. Nicole, I'll see you later on. Yes, thank you, Trish. No worries. And listen, look, if you do want to find out more um, about InMode and their technology, you can, you can always look them up. It's just um, InMode.com.au. Is that right, Dennis? InMode.com.au? 
That is correct. Yeah, I always get it mixed up because the, the Instagram page is InMode Australia. So InMode.com.au, you can check them out on um, Instagram at InMode Australia. And if you still have any problems, just send me an email to Trisha anybody.com.au and I'll put you through. So thank you much, so much for joining us. Thank you, Trish. Thanks, Nicole. Awesome. Got a burning question for Trish and Nick at Aesthetics Uncensored? Slide into their DMs on Instagram at Aesthetics Uncensored. Stay positive. Boobs and chin high.